Welcome to Pickle Me This, the officially unofficial podcast for Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Aaron. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we're covering Season 2, Episode 6, The Ricks Must Be Crazy. Here's Aaron with the recap. Rick treats his grandkids to movie and ice cream before finding out the battery on his space car has died. Rather than getting a jump, Rick goes inside the battery, revealing that he's created and enslaved an entire microverse in its citizenry to power his vehicle. The reason the battery is dead is said citizenry is pursuing a path of energy independence, leading Rick to engage in some very unorthodox and immoral car repair while Morty goes native. While Rick and Morty go under the hood, Rick tasks his space car with a simple directive, keep summer safe. Senseless death, maiming, emotional scarring, and a landmark peace deal between humankind and horrifying giant telepathic spiders ensue. All right, Aaron, what do you think about this? I give this episode 11 out of 10 9-11s because it's amazing. It has a great A plot. It has a great B plot. Uh, I mean... The Keep Summer Safe is yeah. just so fucking dark. Honestly, every part of this, every aspect of this uh, episode is pretty goddamn dark, but yeah. also fucking hilarious too. Sure, uh, yeah, I'm trying to decide which is my favorite. The the incredibly maybe the darkest shit that Rick and Morty's ever done in that B plot. Uh, I mean, when that child melts to goo mm. in that that father's hands, it's impressively dark. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I think it might be some of my favorite stuff in all of Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. Uh, that B plot, the A plot, also, yeah, like you said, it, it's it's really, you know, it's it's pretty creative. Like it's not stuff that hasn't ever been done before, but you know, the way that they weave it into the story, I, I liked. I don't, it, I know that it's kind of been done. I can think of a Star Trek or plot, Star Trek plot or two. Um, but like I, what I love about Rick and Morty is it does it's not afraid to just uh, run things to its logical conclusions yeah, because yeah. fundamentally its hero is some amoral, you know, fucking f- insane time lord, and uh, it, it doesn't care if you you hate him, yeah. um, or laugh at him or whatever. So. You know, the idea that he destroys an entire microverse, two microverses, I guess, because <laughs> the other guy had a primitive microverse going inside, uh, and then continues to enslave the society, and it all ends in a fist fight as he spits on the guy's beaten body. It's just, uh, I yeah, I, I, that really tickles my, uh, my dark heart, I guess. Okay, what do you want to talk, what do you want to tackle first? Uh, the space battery or keep summer safe? Uh, let's do the space battery. Okay. Um, you know, uh, Rick's a hypocrite. That's, that's where we start. Right. Right. And the fact that when Morty points that out, like Rick immediately says, oh yes, hypocrisy is the wedge I can use to defeat this guy. Uh Not realizing that it failed to defeat him. I'm yeah. Yeah. It's amazing to me. The, the sort of mental gymnastics that Rick is doing in this episode, or it's not even mental gymnastics because he just doesn't give a shit. Right. He is one of the most apathetic nihilistic people in the universe and you know he'll smash your microverse your miniverse whatever uh if it will buy him three seconds to get back to his ship sure to to force you into subservience once Mm -hmm. again Mm -hmm. uh he will use hypocrisy as a weapon 
even though he himself is a hypocrite, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of astounding to watch Rick work in this. Are we episode. supposed to understand that like these nested scientists inside these mini and teeny verses, respectively? Because I respect the pedants. <laughs> Uh, are we supposed to understand that they are literally just on the way to becoming Ricks themselves? Yeah, I think like, I think like they're the, supposed to be the Ricks. white blobby guy kills himself because uh, the realization is horrific. Um, but it seems like the Colbert, the Veep guy, yeah. he's well on his way. <laughs> it's Zeep. Is it? But, it's yeah. Veep. Oh, Zeep. The show yeah. is Veep. The the yeah, Zeep, Zeep. Zanflorp. Uh, yeah. He's well on his way. It just maybe he's not quite as old and developed and mm-hmm. in his his guile and treachery. Yeah, but he's yeah, a he's quick trying. study. He's trying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, He's th- these are all supposed to be, like, stand-ins for Rick. And it's, it's also amazing to see Rick, when confronted with, you know, s- sort of a mirror image of himself, like, how that, that competition versus cooperation aspect comes into play. Like, he's he just immediately wants to eliminate all competition to himself. Right. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It reminds me of, like, it's and it's not just... He reacts this way with himself, like when we saw uh-huh. in the episode in the, in the season premiere this, uh, uh, where you know time gets divided. Like once four Ricks get divided, they instantly start plotting to kill themselves because in the back of their mind, that's always been the logical thing to do. Yeah, and I like how they kind of somewhat subvert that by having them play nice to get out of the teeny verse. Mm-hmm. You know, work together and complement each other and realize oh how much they could accomplish together, and then. Uh, Zeep instantly betrays him, but also Rick knows it because that's probably the thing that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand what the in. Maybe Rick was just going to do the same thing, and and Zeep pulled the the ripcord on the plan first. But oh, I like yeah. how utterly unso shocked and surprised Rick is at at this as this treachery. And then you know, like you said, following it to its logical conclusion, the resolution of it is awesome. Where mm-hmm. he's just like, you know, once they beat zeep out of their their microverse right it, rick knew the battery was either going to work or it wasn't mm-hmm. and zeep knew the battery was going to work or it wasn't uh-huh. and so when they turn it on it works miraculously and i like the idea that like because i was thinking like why because even morty is like you know why the savage beating why the spitting at the end um i wonder if there's an element that like Rick needed utterly convince how little he cared about him so that when he thinks the thing through and decides to get everybody back on their Veeble Blorps or whatever, yeah. cranking out that energy because he knows that Rick just doesn't give a fuck. He's killed one. He's killed two. Yeah. He's killed two mini verses. And for some people, I would say that was a show, right? He, like he had to put on the appearance that he really doesn't give a shit about him. Right. But with Rick, I truly believe that he does not give a shit. Right. And he will toss that battery out and make something new if it doesn't work for him. Yeah, of course he will. If it's slightly inconvenient, that's the thing about Rick. He is willing to destroy universes mm-hmm. if it slightly inconveniences him, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like entire civilizations just trashed. It's also really funny, like, they, they do a lot of, like, passing commentary on other science fiction, like the slow extending ramps. <laughs> Like you gotta extend it slow because it really gets their dicks. And a lot of these tropes we just too fast. Yeah, we we just we just we just take for granted that like okay, when aliens land, there's going to be this slow, elaborate (laughs) unveiling. The idea that Rick is an alien to this universe, Mm -hmm. but thinks he has to put on these fucking feeble 
you know, feelers to look alien. Yeah, and then Zeep does that too, right? So He's got like, this elaborate costume. Yeah, it says something about like this really in, uh, insanely intelligent person, but like, you know, they're emotional. I don't know if it's because it, everything could just be a joke, but I like to think that there is some joke about like Rick's emotional intelligence such that he. Hmm. Is so lacking in empathy or so lacking in the ability to put someone, uh, his mind into someone that's not his own that he thinks that, well, I have to dress up as an alien or they're going to buy me as an alien. Right. And then Zeke takes that even like he's got like a realistic weird mm-hmm. alien costume. Uh, I would love to seen I would love to seen the little blobby dude's idea. Yeah. Of what, what, what to take on the alien. Because it's, I don't, every, every little like nested doll was a little bit nicer than Rick maybe. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that guy just hasn't had the time, you know, the, the death of his father and all of his sacrifices hasn't really uh, um, sunk in for him yet. Um, but I also yeah. like the whole idea that, you know, you can tell a bunch of bo- lies to aliens when you land and you can kind of reshape their culture and, you know, the peace among world stuff <laughs> and the... Uh, I love like the old film reel footage of the alien newscast where they're talking about how Rick Sanchez made contact and all the aliens are happy and they're flipping each other off and uh, like all, all these poses for posterity oh, and they're flipping the birds left and right. It's great. My, my favorite part of that entire joke is Morty walking down that ramp for the first time. The look on his face as he's flipping these people off. Yeah. He just he so doesn't want to do this. Yeah, it's so it's so fucking juvenile. I and, love and it. then, uh, like, also the other kind of because um, yeah, I'm watching a lot of Star Trek at the same time. I'm watching Rick mm-hmm. and Morty. Don't know why, just worked out that way. Uh, but this Eek Barber Durkle is it reminds me a lot of like the episode where Picard goes to a planet and the the Universal Translator can't handle a mm. language that only talks in metaphors, <laughs> like. Okay. You know, like Darmok when the wall fell. That yeah. means something. You stupid fucking Universal Translator just. <laughs> What the fuck? Like a series of ten words is harder to dissect than an alien alphabet and verb tenses and I guess so. Borrowed words from other also alien languages on the same planet. I don't that, know. That makes me want to go back and look through Star Trek episodes to see if the computer on the Enterprise understands metaphor. I don't. I mean, and why can't data? Why can't data use contractions? Yeah. Why can't data use contractions? Yeah. There's there's tons of those. And I like that. Like Rick and Morty takes shots at all these, you know, pastiches of weird alien stuff that doesn't make sense anymore but we all grew up with it uh but yeah it's and then you know when they go to their wooden iron man suits it's great and your rick's got his fucking snake <laughs> his snake holster the, yeah. yeah it's so great yeah. uh is that from get Swifty? that I episode think, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 when there's no more snake makery uh-huh um and rick's assertion of my god's the biggest dick that never existed <laughs> Uh, and then finally, they take you know take shots at uh, Avatar, and I love how I've never s- seen Avatar. What are the shots? Holy shit! Oh right, you haven't. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, there's a big spirit tree, and all okay. the native aliens commune with it. And I love how they're going down that path of like of Morty just fully assimilating, and then he gets halfway through, and he's like, "You got to get us the fuck out of here." Yeah. These people are crazy. They eat every third baby because they don't understand how <laughs> science works. They smell like piss. I have to jerk off the curvy pieces of driftwood uh i yeah i love it i my question coming away from this episode is the next time this battery malfunctions mm-hmm. does rick just toss it does he go back in to investigate like if you're zeep and you're planning your escape how long do you wait before you try this all again you try and lure rick back in to destroy him that is a great question and the fact that 
as far as we know, Rick is just going to roll the dice on this incredibly, this increasingly advanced alien civilization with a very smart person that now has a extremely personal vendetta against him. Yeah. And he's just going to let that <laughs> unwind in his hood is, is a fascinating question. I think it's his confidence that he has thoroughly beaten these people down. Yeah. And, and then there's, there are questions about like how far away from slavery do you have to get for it to like for you to justify it? Oh no, there like, is very clearly... <laughs> for for those of us living in first worlds that have benefited greatly yeah. from colonization, imperialization. There's a lot of. Ooh, I was like, going to say like clearly my line is somewhere between owning a plantation and an iPhone. Like right, it's somewhere in the middle. Right, and probably closer to iPhone. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> like that's what's so great about it is that uh, it makes you think about it. Um, but. Uh... Yeah, because <laughs> who of us haven't done like if we're all working for society and, and oh this is right. all making us this is all raising the boat fl- uh, higher but you know some people's boat still includes twenty hour day child factory worker shifts yeah mm, starting to sound like slavery with extra steps uh, do you want to talk is there anything more any more juice to squeeze from A plot or should we move on to B which I don't know will be as big a discussion because it's just how awesome Rick's car is. I mean, I want to talk about the the fucked up nature of it all. Okay, that, uh, that baby. Oh man, that kid melting. I just the, that, that sticks with me. It is because it's like when you it's it's just it's such an effective use of dread. And like if you shot this with real people in Hollywood special effects, this oh, would be the the makings of a great horror plot. But you animate it, and it's just like. Uh, you know, it, 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 it puts enough cream in the coffee that you can choke it down. But yeah, like when she said, uh, when, when Summer forbids, like, you know, hurting anyone and then the car's like, uh, developing psychological countermeasures, <laughs> gestating. Like, uh-huh. And Summer's like, wait, what? <laughs> gestating? And then that pod rolls out. Holy fuck. And what the car says, all of you have loved ones. All can be brought back. All can be taken away. Keep Summer <laughs> safe. It's so fucking good. Yeah, it's so fucking good. I actually, um, you know, it's 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 funny because like I don't know how deep the writers went on this, mm-hmm. but I was reading some discussions of people talking about just how fucking dark this part was, and one guy said, uh, or one person on the internet said, "Man, if I was that, you know, SWAT team commander, I'd just put a gun in your mouth right then and there and end it." And someone said, actually, part of the psychological profile was probably selecting a person who was strong enough uh-huh. to withstand the psychological and wouldn't kill themselves because that would piss Summer off. Yeah. And so then- it's like the car's going through. It's like, okay, who's tra- traumatized enough that this will completely incapacitate them, but they won't immediately put a gun in their, in their mouth and kill themselves yeah. in front of Summer. They'll, they'll still be around to convince the police force not to yeah. attack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the fact that, like, I just love how uh, sassy the car is with Summer's kind of, <laughs> like, you know, snot-nosed. Uh, well, I, you know, you, I want you to keep me safe, but, you know, on my terms. And it's like, you know, this isn't – you're not making this very easy. Or she's like, I'm unable to destroy this army. To clarify, I'm quite able to destroy mm-hmm. this army, but not under your philosophical constraints. Yeah, I, I wonder if there's some commentary about violence being the first option that the mm. car reaches for here to protect Summer. Right. Uh, where it's only at the very end when all of its hands have been completely tied that it, that it goes toward diplomacy. Yeah. yeah. It's it's crazy to me to, it is. to look back at that episode and go, hmm, yeah. if they're saying something. Like, what if violence just wasn't an option? Yeah. Like, what if you had to, you were forced by some kind of greater being to... to do the hard work of okay what do you need what do we need what i, I yeah could you still get it done yeah uh, 
maybe it would ruin your ice cream, but it might make a lot of people happier. Well, and that's the other thing is like there's certainly segments of our society that are like Rick that even with like that ruined ice cream is too much of too much a price to pay with Mm -hmm. with peace with the horrifying spider monsters. Yeah. Like they'd rather a couple of their kids walk in their webs every every few years than to to sully the best ice cream in the multiverse with flies. For sure. And Rick is one of those people, obviously, (laughs) obviously, obviously. Uh, and then there's the tag on this episode, which they call it a tag. We call it a the stinger, stinger yeah. or a, a. That's what they always called him on like post credit Sci- sequence. Yeah, the, that's always always I called him a mystery science theater three thousand, which is why and probably it means a very particular thing I'm misusing. Yeah, um, it's just. Morty. And the great thing is we recorded all these in advance, so I will be completely immune to the feedback until around season three. So if it pisses you off, buckle okay. in. You've got another half season of me getting this thing wrong. But yes, the stinger. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just Morty turning into a car, uh, like Rick said he could. And I, I guess that's a thing that Morty can do now. I don't know if he can control it. If he has any like, uh, will over whether or not he turns into a car. Doesn't seem fully like like, he tries earlier in the episode and it doesn't work. And a date and just a random daydream at school. Although I wonder like a part of me, the part of my head can is like him thinking, I wonder if I can turn myself into a uh-huh. car, and that's enough to, like, without all the stress of the situation, he just randomly does it. Are they making, like, an awkward boner joke? Awkward boner in class joke? I mean, you're, you're, it's definitely something you can read into the situation. Like, whoops, turn into a car again. Shit, that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, crush it, the girl it, it in It kills and crushes me. a young woman in front of him, <laughs> yeah. so that's uh, the three-part darkness of this episode, apparently. Uh-huh. Human music. I like it. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live.
All right, Jim, I think it's time for us to open up a portal to Dimension BM77, where we access, as we do, behind-the-scenes details, trivia, and spoilers potentially for future episodes. If that's not your jam, then get out with your fly-flavored rum raisin right now. Um, This is the first, I think, only episode where both Beth and Jerry are entirely absent. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I didn't even realize that until I, I was either. reading commentary on the 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 episode. Um, what's that say about Beth and Jerry? It says they're not necessary, I guess, to make yeah. a good episode of Rick and Morty. Yeah, I, I don't know. Rick and Morty are probably the only essential ones. I wonder if there's been if they, if they ever will attempt to do an episode without eat Rick because it's not even that they're absent; they're not even mentioned. Yeah. I want to be if there ever be an episode where Rick or Morty are not. It'd be hard to do one without Rick. I mean, maybe Morty could get a hold of the portal gun. And well, I was thinking Summer also, like, if d- depending on how they do this, and this will be, I'm, I'm jumping way. I'm on, I'm on BM seven seven seven. That that like you know one of the cliffhangers in season three is whether Beth replaced herself with an android clone, mm-hmm. uh, and then went to go free, freely roam the universe and, and fulfill her adventures. Like, I could totally get behind a whole episode of kind of like the the chronicles of Beth. If if yeah. You know, she's on some of some weird planet, and she's developed some kind of you know horse sur- surgeon Beth version of Rick's technology, and huh. uh, I th- I think I could I could get down with that. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, a whole Jerry episode. <laughs> no, I mean we kind of had a micro like we we had a whole B plot with Jerry, right? With the when Jerry he... Jerry Berry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you could do a whole episode with just jerry you probably yeah. could yeah well i mean I, I will say this enough that if an entire jerry episode escaped the writer's room i would have faith in watching it right because like i think if if uh, 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 the one thing i have come away with uh, covering this show and, and doing a little bit more reading and a little bit more thinking about it is just how like utterly convinced i'm i'm in that the writer's room is way more terrified of fucking up rick and morty than we are of rick and morty being fucked up Oh yeah. So um, I mean, it shows the the commentary. They're talking about how hard this episode was to write. The episode apparently made entirely of sweat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also a first for you know good wasn't... joke, but point taken. Like yeah. I, I have to imagine some of these episodes. You know, you spend just a ton of time on, and you get to the end, and you're never quite. You you don't ever quite have a really good feeling about it. Mm-hmm. Those have got to be the hardest to release. Yeah, and it is, you could tell that they had like a lot of these solid ideas, right? Like, hey, you know, uh, this this person doing the car voice is fun. We should have a whole episode of the car, and then the, the protection, and then uh, you know, like, oh, we should have this multiverse thing, and I, I and they talked about like the tortured iterations of it, like mm-hmm. you know, the the fact is this was originally, I guess, Rick developing it in his garage, so it was like all this like kind of bottle episode where it's inside a microverse in a garage, but there wasn't any stakes, and it's like, man, yeah. it's a great idea, but what's the thi- what's the engine that makes this thing go, and um, how, how long it took, and, and there's also this co- talk of like every time, and this, I think this is more for the, the next episode, they talk about one of the things that they learned through this kind of torturous season two and three was that you know, the temptation is anytime they had to re-break an A plot, they'd have to go and refactor into B plot. Right. And maybe sometimes that that isn't entirely necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I love those kind of behind the scenes detail. Cause as a, I don't know, I guess I've written two books now. I guess I'm a fuck. I'm among other things, a writer. Yeah. Uh, 
I like I like this uh, you know like hearing really talented writers um, talk about the process. It's 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 fun. Mm-hmm. I think I'm glad they took out uh, Doctor Spork. <laughs> oh, did did right. you hear them mention that? No, they, they said there was a lot of Star Trek stuff in here yeah. with the alien civilization, and they had a character named Spork at one point. Right. Good call taking that out. Yeah, because they had so many great non-specific shots at. Yeah. Trek adjacent, Doctor Who adjacent, you know, Battlestar that that you know having Spork on there, it's almost like two on the nose, two on the yeah. That doesn't feel very Rick and Morty to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although I I think back to like Doctor Xenon Bloom and stuff like that, and it's like okay, well, they're getting pretty damn close to just parodying specific characters. Mm -hmm. So maybe it is more. Uh, Also, some two or two notable guest stars: Alan Tudyk Mm -hmm. uh, was Chris, the president of the Microverse. Which I loved. <laughs> I loved the second uh, Rick materialized outside the universe. He picks up the 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 miniverse and throws it on the ground, and the president just kind of like because he's made a feast. He's just like, "Whoa, bad bad tour or something." Like uh-huh. this, he just takes all in stride. I like loved him. Also, Nathan Fielder, uh, the voice of uh, the the blobby teeny verse scientist, which he's immediately mm-hmm. recognizable. He's just you know fucking Alatudic. Is turns out not only really talented starship pilot man of a thousand voices yeah no he's he's great in uh i think it's tucker and dale versus evil yep I, man i fucking love that movie so yep. much he's got so many voice credits to his name at this point he's done video games he's done movies he was king candy and wreck it ralph he was the stupid chicken in moana he um I, I can't remember uh, the one, the last time I saw his voice. It was probably in that uh, animated anime girl robot movie. Anime girl robot movie? Yeah, you know the one. <laughs> there are a lot of those. There's one in the last I six think, months. I think when you say animated robot movie, it's almost always a girl. Right. Because Bat- it's almost always a guy writing it. Battle, Fim Battle Titan AE, I think is what it was. Okay, um, that sounds right. Uh, there's a couple of... You're very, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. What? You're going to move on. You're burying the lead, man. What, what's the lead? Stephen Colbert. Oh, well, yeah, we talked about him in the main... The, the, oh, the non-BM7. Okay. I closed that portal. I, I, okay, I missed that. <laughs> so this 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 connects to my next point, which is I am somewhat surprised that we've never seen Zeep Zanflorp again because he has real Wrath of Khan... Yeah, villain potential. Like mm-hmm. like a villain that is almost equal to the main protagonist, and he's well, got now a vendetta. That the Council of Ricks been... are out of the way because they were that for a long time, right? True. So now the Council of Ricks Ricks are out of the way, maybe, maybe, or it's been yeah. I I, I with seven more seasons to go, the idea of this guy popping up where you least expect it, and like the possibilities are almost endless because like yeah. time goes slower in there. Um, but maybe he finds a way to counteract that. Like, you know, what does he, what, what if he speeds up time? So he comes back older, but he's got so much more experience now. He's got a whole, he's organized his entire civilization into an army. Uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, and this is all happening in Rick's hood. There's a lot of spicy potentials there. Yeah. Um, then this is where our dreams are dashed when we get to some part of the episode in in season three, where they clearly established that Rick's destroyed the battery. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of surprised because uh, the, the other thing is maybe, Stephen Colbert is just so busy now because it seemed like he was a hard guy to get in the first place. Like having oh, yeah. him be a recurring villain role, you know, that's maybe a big commitment. Just get Alan Tudyk. I bet he could be a he could do a good Stephen Colbert. Yeah, voice. Do a, just get the best Stephen Colbert impersonator, yeah. which probably is Alan Tudyk. <laughs> um, 
there was the the final piece of trivia that I have is there's some fun Easter eggs outside of the Egan Cinema, which is a selfie Easter egg. That was a reference to uh, one of the animators on the show, or maybe yeah, one of the directors, uh, right? It's, it's some, one of the one of the Royland's friends on staff. Uh-huh. Um, but there was two movie posters outside. One was Three Brothers, which mm-hmm. obviously sequel to Two Brothers. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, there's French Toast starring a piece of toast, one of the SNL regulars. So he's got like a James Bond oh, yeah. kind of uh, uh, <laughs> a comedy role, apparently. Or maybe he's making a turn to serious actor. Pickle Me This is distributed by Bald Move in association with Starburns Audio. It's produced by Jason Smith and Scott Porch from Starburns and myself, Manayron, from Bald Move. All music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack, available from Sub Pop Records. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com and starburns.audio. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at club.baldmove.com to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, you can follow us on your favorite social media at Bald Move. See you next time.